0: This podcast is brought to you by Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, good evening. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to come in and speak. I've got a couple of weeks to come in here and share some thoughts with you guys, so I'm really excited about it. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt Bolin. Uh, my father-in-law is Pastor Stormy, so yes, that's uh, very blessed with that. Um, but uh, very excited. I was on staff here for many years and have uh, transitioned to a new position uh, at Trinity Christian School a couple years ago and have still stayed connected with the church. So I'm excited about an opportunity still to be able to come in and just be able to share my heart. So uh, very grateful for an opportunity to do that. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and start with this. So if you would like to get a Bible, if you would lift your hand up in the air, our ushers will serve you with that. Tonight's message, if you're taking notes, the title is Loving God's Creation. Loving God's Creation. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Mark chapter 11. It's where we're going to start tonight. And as you're doing that, I'd like to pray once again and start this service off the right way. So if you'd pray with me. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the blessed opportunity to come into your house. I thank you, Father, the freedom that you grant us to come in here and freely worship you. And Lord, I thank you that your word becomes so alive and truthful tonight. I pray, Father, that you would help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity, Father, that you would have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive tonight, Father. I thank you, Lord, that this is a destined moment specific from you for them to be here. And so, Lord, I thank you for your sons and daughters. I pray that they would receive your word tonight, and I pray, Father, that you would help me to speak it in a simplistic way that they can hear it and understand it. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark chapter 11. Finish getting there real quick. So I have the privilege of speaking the next couple of weeks here on Wednesday night. So I encourage you to continue to come and hear this. This is going to be our main scripture. We're going to go to this because this scripture will help each of us to understand how we need to see God. So I'm going to share this real quick, then we're going to get into the scripture. So one of the gifts that God gives and he talks about it, and you can read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about all the gifts that God gives. He gives some apostles, some teaching, some discerning of spirits, some prayer, some healing, some speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. If you go through and you read that, there are different gifts that God gives. And one of the gifts that God has blessed me with is the opportunity or the, the ability to discern spirits. And what that means is that I can sometimes, at certain points, be able to see in the spiritual realm. And I want you to understand something. The supernatural world that God exists in is around us every moment of every day. You are never not involved with it. So I'm going to tell you, there are angels, there are demons, there is God, there is Jesus, there is Satan. Those are all existing at this moment right now. And so I want you to understand this because a lot of times we, we see things and we don't receive it because we necessarily don't see it. It's, it's like the Bible teaches us about Thomas, Thomas' faith. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. That's not faith. If you have to see it to believe it, then you're not believing by faith. If you believe it before you see it, that's the greatest sign of faith that you can ever have. And so I want you to understand something is that sometimes perspective can change our faith very quickly. And so one of the things that the Lord showed me tonight, even during worship, as we were singing the song, he'll do do it again. He'll do it again. He'll move the mountains and he'll do it again. And one of the things that he showed me is I I was worshiping from over here, and so my perspective was kind of this direction. And I was looking right back over here and there was a mountain, literally a mountain. And what the Lord showed me is that there were people that were down at the bottom and they looked very small. To this mountain, But you look at the very top and on the mountain was this bright light who was representing Jesus at the moment. But when you looked up the mountain, the light looked small. But when you focused on him, the mountain became very small. See, a lot of times when you stand at the foot of a mountain and you look up to the top, you think, how am I ever going to get there? But if you keep focused on the top you'll eventually get to the top. I grew up in Colorado. We had mountains around us all the time. You would see that. I would always know where I'm going. And so I wouldn't be stuck with, oh my gosh, it's so tall. I would say, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. And you know what it kept me doing? I would take the next step. I would take the next step. And what I want you to understand, and this is what the Lord wanted me to share, is very simple. It's all about perspective. If you focus on the mountain, it's going to look a lot bigger than God. But if you focus on God, that mountain will look very small compared to me. And that's what it comes back down to. And so Mark chapter 11, verse 22 is where we're going to start. It says, then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. See, he opens up and he starts with a statement that we need to fully understand. Have faith in God. He's talking to the ones that he's been around the whole time. He's sharing the same thing, and he comes back, and he says that statement, have faith in God. It's important for us to understand having faith in God. Remember, it's not about seeing God. It's about believing that there is a God, and you'll see God move. See, we sometimes want to show me, then I'll believe it. Uh Uh-uh. Have faith in God. Verse 23, I said, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe. See, this is where it comes back down to. Without faith in God, there's no way that mountain's ever going to move. See, a lot of times you ta- we have more faith in the mountain than we do in the God who's on top of the mountain. God can move that mountain so very quickly if we'll just trust in him. And it's all about, again, the perspective. So it goes on, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Verse 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe, then you've received it. It will be yours. And that's what it comes back down to. And this is the thing I want you to understand about this, is that as we talk through this, I want you to understand that prayer is real. See A lot of times, and I heard this statement years ago, and it was from my friend who I wanna talk a little bit more about, but uh, my friend Kelly Castleman came here a couple years ago, and he just recently wrote a book that Pastor uh, had had briefly talked about, um, and our goal is to have him in soon. Uh, But Kelly is a very good friend of mine. Kelly's actually helped me understand my gift more than anybody else, because he has the same gift that I have. And so one of the things that he said was this statement, He said a lot of times people have this thing, well, at least we can pray. Well, at least we can pray. See, it's not the least we can pray. It's the best thing we can do is pray. It's not, well, at least I guess we'll stop and pray, kind of that statement. It's no, hey, we're going to pray about this. We're going to pray about this. We're going to pray and believe God for this. And this is what it comes back down to, because when you have that mentality, all of a sudden you're looking at the mountain seeing how small it is. And you're seeing how big our God is. And understanding this, that God still heals, God still moves, and God still creates where there's nothing else, amen? See, I want you to understand this. I heard this statement, and I think it's sometimes that we become ashamed to talk about the good things that God has created. It was a quote, and I was like, that is so true. We have almost become ashamed to talk about the things God has created. So I'm gonna tell you the truth. There are angels in this world. Angels are massive. I'm gonna give you an understanding over the next couple of weeks of some of the things that I've been able to see in the spiritual realm. Because I want you to understand this. The Lord has given me and released me to be able to share this. This is the first time I've, I will share any of these stories with anybody outside of my family. But I want you to understand, angels are not here to be worshiped. Angels are here to serve our prayers, our requests, and the things that God has for us. Understand this. I want you to understand this because it's not about them serving our needs. They're here to protect us. They're here to help us receive the prayers. I heard this statement just the other day. They were doing a study and looking at all the different thousands upon thousands of angels. You know, when they talk about legions and they talk about all these different things about demons... It says a third of the angels were taken down, right, taken down with Satan that fell. So that means two-thirds. We're still winning. Understand this. There are demons that are everywhere. They believe, and I heard this statement, and I can't go back, so I'm just going to say that they said this, but it makes you think. They believe that there's 20,000 angels for every one person. 20,000 angels at your beckoning call waiting for you to give them an assignment to go forth and do something. And I want you to understand this because a lot of times we sit back and think, and I have this mentality, maybe it's not you, maybe it's just me. Sometimes I think, but it's, I'm just, I'm just Matt. God, I know there's a lot of other people that have a lot more needs than I do. I'm just Matt. And God always reminds me, I know you're not just Matt, you're Matt who I created, who I love, who I set forth. And when you talk to me, there is no one else that I am more focused on than in that moment than you and you alone because there's no one that loves you more than me. And I want you to understand that you're in the same boat. You insert your name into that statement and you understand how God truly loves you. One of the visions that the Lord just literally reminded me of there was one day that Pastor and I were in here praying. And we were in here praying. And, and I remember we were getting ready for, some, for a big event. And it was, I, I think it was coming around Easter or it was something along those lines. And we're in here praying, we're moving, we're believing God, we're doing this. And I remember I'm standing, and I think Pastor was walking here and I was kind of walking around down here and I came up on stage. And, and I don't know why, because I never come up on stage when he was on stage. It was just, I was down there, he was up here. But I remember a moment that I was, and I came on stage and As I walked, literally right up these steps, I took a step and I looked out there and the entire congregation was full. And I took another step and he said, I want you to go tell pastor this. And he's right here and we stopped and I said, this is what I'm seeing right now. Every seat, every section, every space in this entire thing is full of angels. And they are literally waiting to be told where to go, to be told who to go get to be told who to go minister to. Every single seat, it was just him and I and angels. And they were ready to go. All they were doing was standing in attention, waiting. And the moment we spoke, boom, there would go one. Another one, boom, there would go another. Boom, there would go another. There would go another. And they'd start going out. And every time that they left, another one came in ready and willing and excited. Because when God starts moving, people start coming. And it's a choice that we've got to choose to make and understand this. And I want you to understand that it's God's creation. God set it in motion. God has given us the ability through the ministering spirits. And I want you to understand that when he talks about mountains moving, He's not talking, that's a figurative speech. He's talking, he will move mountains if you command those mountains to move and believe in your heart. And without doubting, you shall have what you ask for and you will receive it. Amen. See, as we continue to keep going on this, we have to understand that God is the creator of all. And I want you to understand this. I know that I know that prayer works. See, a lot of times we want the fast food prayer. It's not about that. Because God is gonna answer your prayer at the specific time that is absolute best for you in your life. See, a lot of times we think, well, if I, God, if you'll just let me win the lottery, that'll answer all my questions. I'll be great, man. I will serve you the rest of my life. Just let me win the lottery. There are so many people that lives have been destroyed because of money, for the root of evil, for the root of it comes from money. Understand this, it's not about the money being bad. It's where the evil comes from that is being led to get that money. Trust God where you're at today. Start tithing and trusting and believe in God and watch him move you step by step so that when you get to the point where you become the millionaire, it doesn't mean that much to you because it's all God's. See, it's all about the perspective again. Remember, perspective changes everything. As we continue to understand this, I want you to understand that there's a supernatural world and it's all around us at all times, all around us. And I want you to understand this. There is something amazing about God that the enemy cannot do, has no control and cannot be a part of. See, whenever God speaks, he talks of the past, the present, and the future because he's in all of them. The enemy, he can only talk about your past and your present. He has no clue what your future talks about. That's why he keeps bringing up how bad you used to be. Yeah, but I remember how you used to be. Yeah, but I remember all this. You say, yeah, but I know this. God was there. He's here and he's there. And I'm moving that way from now on. I'm done with that. See, when we start talking about these things, when we start confessing, you know why pastor talks about this and hits on this faith and understanding? Because the more we start to understand it, the more we watch the words that come out of our mouth. I can't tell you how many people I hear, oh, it's flu season's around Man, my family's gonna get it. I'm like, your family can, mine's not. Because understand this, supernatural's happening. And understand this, every word that you're saying, it's being jotted down and it's being recorded. There are these things that are called demons, okay? And I want you to understand this. I want you to understand the reality of what a demon is. A demon is a servant of Satan, okay? Demons are about this big. They're about this big. Demons look like little burned up monkeys, It's about the best I can explain it to you. They remind me a lot of the uh, Wizard of Oz, those little servant monkey things. That's about, but they're little. They're little. But you know what they do? They instill fear. The more fear there is, the more you're going to start seeing demons move. The more faith there is, the more you start seeing angels move. Understand this. Fear and faith always compete. And they're competing in your life every single day. So when you use this statement, I don't have enough money to tithe, you're speaking out of fear, not faith. Yeah, but if I got a raise, then I could just, no, you're still speaking out of fear, not faith. And I want you to understand, the more you speak out of faith, the more faith starts moving. Remember, for what you say, whatever you ask, the Lord will do it. Now, There are certain things that happen in life. I cannot control or handle or do anything for anybody else outside of myself. I can speak over my family. God has given me the role in that to speak over my family, but I want you to understand this. I can't control anybody else's will or decision-making. I can encourage and I can lead. And so I want you to understand this. You may be saying, yes, but I've been praying for this thing. God may have answered that prayer, just not the way that you thought he was gonna answer that prayer. And so I want you to understand this because I've talked to many people when I have this conversation with them and I said, you know what? The supernatural is real. And they said, well, then why did this person pass away? I don't know that answer. I don't know that answer, but I know this. God's not done moving in your life. God's not done. And I want you to understand this. The supernatural is always there and ready. I don't know why things, bad things happen to good people. I don't know it. I used to think when I became a Christian, my life is gonna be like roses and cherries and walking on marshmallows or whatever you wanna think about, like the sound of music running through the fields with my hands open like this and running around and doing this. And I will be honest with you, it's not been like that. I have gone through some major issues in my life. But the good thing about it just like yesterday, I know who's in the center of my heart. And I know joy can be brought in, even in a tough moment. And that's where we lean back into. And that's where Mark 11 teaches us so much. Let's look at some of the moments that the word speaks to us directly about the fact and the truth of who God is. Hebrews chapter one. And I want you to see what he talks about. And I'm gonna share a few things about how God started moving in my life at such a young age. You know, it's interesting, when you're little, it's hard to explain things. You just explain them by what you see and what you know. And so I want to talk a little bit about this. So Hebrews chapter 1, I want you to understand the role and the truth of what God is doing. Because he's explaining some important things in these scriptures. Verse 5, it says, For God never said to any angel that he... For God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father and he will be my son. And when he brought his supreme son into the world, God said, let all God's angels worship him. Regarding the angels, he said, he sends his angels like winds, his servants like flames of fire. But to the son, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever You rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. He also says to the Son, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They, They will perish, but you will remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will fold them up like a cloak and discard them like old clothing. But you are always the same, and you will live forever. And God never said to any of the angels sit at the place of the right hand of, sit at the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies making them a footstool under your feet verse 14 therefore angels are only servant spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation i want you to understand something about that because when we talk about angels it is supernatural it's amazing to see angels. But it's even greater in the way that God looks at it. I want you to understand this. And, and when we worship God, angels stand in awe. And you're like, why? Because you're worshiping a God that you can't see. They see Him all the time and worship Him. And they stand in awe of the faith of men. I've heard them say it many times. They will literally stand and watch somebody worship. When Jesus enters the room, they change and worship him because that's what they're created to do. But I want you to understand this. We're not created to worship angels. Angels are fascinating. But they're servants of God's greatest plan. Which is the best life that you can live. Remember the understanding of the supernatural. Now, as I, wa- as I grew up, God, God has taken me back through my life. Different times of prayer, I'll, I'll all of a sudden be sitting there praying and God will be speaking to me. I'll hear something and then all of a sudden, I'll go into a vision. And this vision will take me back and it will be so descriptive that I'll go all the way back. And so about... About three months ago, I started reading my friend Kelly's book. And it's called Through the Eyes of a Seer. And Kelly and I have had many, many conversations. And Kelly started talking about seeing things when he was a child. And I was like, the first time up till that point, the first time that I could remember ever seeing an angel or a demon or anything was I was about 23 years old, 24 years old. I was working for the church in Clovis, and I remember seeing an angel for the first time. And it was amazing. I just bawled. I mean, I just, I couldn't do it. I'm just like, like, you know, snot coming out, bawling. I couldn't control myself. I couldn't handle anything else. And I remember seeing him for the first time. And I was like, oh my, how beautiful this is. And then I remember seeing a demon for the first time. And I thought, and really my first response was this. That's what we're scared of? Because I want you to understand, it was, he was tiny. He was so little. He had nothing to him. But I want you to understand, so God takes me back. About three months ago, I'm praying. I had started reading Kelly's book, and I started thinking about this as a child. And I asked the Lord, I said, did I ever see things when I was a child? Because for some reason, I had blocked those out, I think probably because of my traumatic childhood that I went through and all this stuff. But he took me back to a moment. And I can remember, I was laying in bed at my dad's house. My mom and dad were divorced, and I I was laying in bed, and my bed the head of my bed looked out my door and there was a hallway there. And the hallway had like, I could see, the hallway went at an angle like that. So I could see part of the hallway there and a wall. And I remember many times looking over and seeing what looked like an old man standing there. And he would just stand there and he would stand much like this and just look at me. And I remember specifically thinking, I should be afraid of this moment. But I never was. I always had peace. And I remember the more that I would see him and the more that I would seek after him. So if I looked at him and stared at him, he would stay there. But if I looked away and looked back, he'd be gone. And I remember the more that I started getting an understanding of the Bible a little bit. I didn't know much. I grew up uh, in the church that I didn't really learn a lot from. And so, the more that I started getting in the Bible, I realized he got closer. And I remember that there were times that were in there that I would see this person. And I remember explaining it to my dad, be like, Yeah, there's a ghost that lives in our house. Because I didn't know how to explain it. That's all I knew. And he's like, What do you mean? I was like, Yeah, there's this old man. He stands outside my door. And I can remember telling my dad this, and he goes, Whatever. And I was like, no, I, I mean, so I didn't say much about it. I just, yeah, there's an old man. He, what's he say? He, I don't know. He doesn't say anything. He just stands there and looks at me. You got an old man who stands out the door, you know, kind of creepy sounding now. But I remember praying about that. And I, w- I went, so God takes me to that vision. He shows me that. And I remember saying, God, why, what was that? And he said, that was an angel. That was your angel that was watching over you. And I said, why is he an old man? I, that was just my first thought. Why was it an old man? He said, because if I had revealed him to you in the form of an angel, it would have frightened you so much that you would have been scared and never seen after that. He said, in the form of the old man or the, the what you saw there allowed that comfort to come because it reminded me a lot of my grandpa. I specifically remember that. And I was always okay with it. And then he started taking me to other spots when I was a child. And I remember seeing these little dark things throughout my house. It would be like a dark shadow would move across my room. And I remember I would have things and I would feel like someone is staring at me through my window, I had a window that was right out here. And I remember I would just pull the sheet, or the the comforter up over my head as protection. And I would look out, and then I'd pull it back out. And I'd look out, and I'd pull it back out. And a lot of times when I would look out, if I would pull it down and look, I would see the old man come stand in my room. And all of a sudden, I would feel much better. And I never tied all that together until the Lord started showing me these things. And what he told me was, now, I want you to understand this. I wasn't a Christian back then. I had not accepted the Lord as my my Savior at that time. But he said, I always had my hand protecting you, always, because you've always been my son. And I remember at that moment, it started bringing up some things in my life. When I was, and and I've told this story a couple of times, but when I was uh, sitting there at the picnic table and my stepmom was telling us that they were leaving us, I remember having a presence of me that it felt like somebody had their hand on my shoulder and the Lord took me back to that moment and that same angel was standing there with his hand on my shoulder to protect me because my mom my stepmom, looked at me at that point and basically said I'm leaving your dad because of you and pointed her finger right in my face as a 12 year old I never understood why I was not emotional in that moment and it's because the Lord was protecting me and then I saw the demon that was behind her causing her to do everything that she was doing. He was trying to hurt me at such a young age. Why I tell you these things is I want you to understand God is always moving. There's always a purpose in everything that God does. And I want you to understand how much he truly loves you. And so if you have your Bibles, continue on with me. Psalms chapter 91. And I want you to hear the truth of what he's doing. You know, I remember watching a movie years ago, and I've shared this statement in here, but I think it's one of the greatest quotes, and it helps us to understand. One of the greatest, and this is the quote, it said this, it said, one of the greatest tricks ever played on humanity was convincing the world that the devil doesn't exist. See, if you hear people talk about God, a lot of times they blame God for the bad things that happen in life. Why would God allow this to happen? Why would God do this to me? Why would God do this to me? But the Bible teaches us in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, still, and destroy, yet I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. God is here to help. He is here to guide, and he's here to teach. Psalms 91, verses 9 through 13. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter. No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. There's the scripture that helped me to understand what was happening when I was a child. So I want you to understand he is with you and you have an angel that is standing there protecting you every single moment. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone you will trample upon lions and cobras you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet the lord says i will rescue those who love me i will protect those who trust in my name when they call on me i will answer i will be with them in trouble i will rescue them and honor them and i will reward them with long life and give them my salvation see i want you to understand the reality of what's going on in our everyday lives listen when you know you've got that protection it should give you a boldness i want you to understand I had an older, I had neighbors. I had an older brother. He, he was a pain, so I'm not gonna talk about him. He was, he was probably serving the other side, but we're not gonna say that. Anyways, um, but I had, I had neighbors. And these neighbors, I had one, they, there were five adopted kids and their youngest was the same age as me. So everybody else was older. And they had two really good athletes. They were a lot bigger. And I remember one game, We were at this uh, baseball game, and I had these guys that were picking on me, and they were pestering me. They were doing all these things, trying to get me to fight, and I was like, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight, and this guy, my neighbor, who was a junior, he was a football player, ran track at the University of Colorado, and he was a stud athlete. He came walking up, put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, hey, Matt, everything all right? You know what happened to all those other guys who were riding around me at that point? They kind of did this, and I'm like... Yeah, this guy right here wanted to do these things. You know, I kind of got this boldness about me. Yeah, like this guy, beat him up for me or do this and things like that. But you know what it reminded me? When When I read this, it took me back to that moment on how bold I became when he was standing there with me. See, when you know that you have a God who loves you and cares for you and does not look at your past and judge your future based on your past, but judges your future based on this moment right now, it changes everything. Because now you have something to believe in. Now you have something to trust in. Now you have something that you know is going to happen. Because remember, it said, if you believe it and don't doubt it, then it will come to pass. It will come to pass. So what happens if you pray and you don't receive it right now? You stand firm and you say, I know, God, you're doing this because that's what faith says. I always used to use this illustration with the youth. I would say this. I would say, if I have a football here and I were to throw the football to the back, and they were going to catch that football. Well, it doesn't automatically, the moment I release it, get to their hands. It takes time to get from here to there. And you know what you've got to do? You've got to make a decision. Are you going to have enough faith that the football is going to get to you? That the answer is going to come to you so that you can receive it? Or are you going to quit before it gets right there? I always think about this. Thomas Edison, 10,000 times he screwed up. He could have quit any time. He could have stopped one step short. But he chose never to stop. Abraham Lincoln, man, he, he failed all the time. One of the greatest failures we know. Also became one of the greatest presidents we've ever had. It's a choice that we choose to make on, do you believe this next step is the answer? You know what? If you get up tomorrow morning and the answer's not there yet, you stand faithful and say, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. People may come in and say, yeah, but you prayed for this and it didn't come. Oh, I know. But you know what? It's coming. It's just not here yet. You know Why? because it's not ready for me yet, or I'm not ready for it yet. God's still got something he's got to do with me today so that I can receive that tomorrow, because I understand this. God only wants the absolute best for you, and he's going to help you in this moment. He's going to help you to understand it, and so you understand when you read that scripture, it changes everything. See, God absolutely loves and cares for you. I'm getting short on time, so I'm going to we're going to go back and cover Mark 11, but I want to share this one story, one last story. About, God, man, it was probably 10 years ago now, I was working here at the church. And my phone at the time, my cell phone at the time was kind of getting old. I'd had it for a couple of years. It was a, it was a Blackberry um, and it had the little ball in the middle. Any of you guys had those ones? The ball kept popping out. Well, if you had a Blackberry and the ball's not there, it doesn't work very well. And so I knew I needed to get a new phone. And I remember hearing many stories about pastor talking about how he would pray before he even left to go ref a football game to ask the Lord if he had enough money or enough gas in the tank to get there and back. Because he didn't have enough money to fill it up and also get back because they just didn't have enough money to do all that yet. So he kept praying, God, will I have enough? And the Lord would give him a green light. He'd go and come back and make it. And everything would be good it was that same thing. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to pray about this, Lord. I'm going to give you the opportunity. Okay, God, I want to pray that I want a new phone. And at the time, Samsung was releasing a brand new phone. This is before, this is when AT&T owned Apple, and so you couldn't get Apple products. You know, they were obsolete. You young people are like, really? There was a day? Yes, there was. We didn't have iPhones. But um, I remember praying about it, and I was like, Lord, I need to get a new phone, I'll, I guess I'll just have to go buy this phone and figure out payment plans or something like that. And the Lord said, do you wanna buy it? And I said, well, I'd like to get it. And he's like, I'll give it to you. So I said, okay, sounds good to me. What are we doing? Do I just go to the store and they're just gonna give it to me? I got, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, let's get this done, I'm excited. And it was about two weeks later, I had a vision. And I remember the vision specifically. I was sitting at a table, and I was there with Pastor Shelley. It was her and I and a bunch of other people I didn't know. And I remember we were sitting there, and we were at some type of luncheon. Because as we were sitting at the table, there was still a little bit of food there. And we were at something that they were giving phones away. And they said, we've got these two phones left, and we're going to give one of these phones away. And it was the one phone I wanted. Like, these two phones were the two phones I wanted. And one of them that they were giving away at that moment was the one I wanted. And I remember it came And they drew the name, and they said Shelly Swan won it. And I was like, come on, Lord. Why am I seeing this? And then he fast-forwarded like an hour or so, and she goes, here, this is a new phone for you. The Lord told me to give this to you. And I was like, that's great. That's a great vision. Okay, Lord, when's this going to happen? About a week goes by. We get an invitation. Sprint, who was the company we were with, said, hey, we'd like to invite you to Texas Tech Club, go up there and eat. We're going to have a presentation. We want to show you some of the new things we're doing with Sprint. At this point, I'd forgotten about it. And so I went to, I went with Pastor Shelley and I. We went to go to the luncheon. We sat there. We met a bunch of people I had never met before. We're sitting at tables, round tables. And all of a sudden, about midway through, I remembered that vision. Now here's the thing I want you to understand about this. When I saw the vision the first time I went to work the next day and I told, I remember it was Ramona, and I said, Ramona, I'm getting a new phone. She goes, Oh yeah, you're gonna go buy a new phone? I said, Nope. Shelly's gonna win a phone and she's gonna give it to me when we go to this luncheon. And I was like, I had forgotten about it. She's like, Really? And I was like, Yep, this is what's gonna happen. So sure enough, we go to the luncheon, we sit down there, we go through it, and we get towards the end of it, and they're like, Well, thank you guys so much for coming, we're doing things, and I'm going, Aren't you supposed to give away phones? Aren't you supposed to? You know, in my mind, I'm thinking these things and I'm going through it and I'm kind of fighting through this. And all of a sudden, at the very end of it, they said, we want to give a few prizes away. And so they get up and they said, hey, the first thing we're giving away is like this poster signed by someone. And I was like, that's not what I want. I hope I don't win it. I hope I don't win it. I hope, you know, we're going through all these things. And the second to last one, they said, we've got two phones we want to give away. Just as our gift to you. And they drew the first name and it was some random person have no clue who it was. And I'm like, oh, Lord. All right, this is what you showed me. This is what it is. All of a sudden, picked out the next name, Shelly Swan. She won it. I remember coming back to work that day when we came back after the luncheon. She'd given me the phone, and I walked in, and I looked at Ramona, and I said, remember what I told you? It just happened. And she looked and said, what are you talking about? And I reminded her of it, and I said, this is the thing that the Lord has told me I love you, I care for you, I care for every bit of your life. If your hair's out of place, if you need something, I'll take care of it, just give me an opportunity. It's the same thing that comes back into our everyday lives. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. It says, I tell you the truth, you can say to the mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. That's the thought I want you to walk away with tonight. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit Faith Church Lubbock.